0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's dot ecom forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, hello, Forever 35-ers. Self cardigans, self carrigans self carigans, self cardigans, self care bears. <laughs> Hello, it's Kate and Dory. Hi. We are on a break this week. We are taking that vacation time, um, and we are re-airing some of our fave apps and we've got a real good one for you this week.
2: Yeah, it's an early one. Um, it first aired in July of 2018. It's with Rachel Wilkerson Miller, and one of the amazing thing she talks about is having a uniform oh that's right yeah her pastel uniform yes. and her white jeans so
1: good and we got into bullet journaling we in did. the best way possible and you know as we're recording this sammy's been journaling at the table so that's true how appropriate it's always a factor so we love to getting to talk to rachel and we hope you enjoy giving it a listen Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori
2: Shafrir. And we
1: are not experts.
2: We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Kate is raising her hand in victory. My like fist pumping. I know. The air. I'm happy to be back to the pod. Same. I haven't seen you in a long time, I like know. two whole
1: weeks. It is weird <sighs> if we do not see each other within 48 hours it's at this point. very with this podcast. strange. Um, Sammy,
2: did you miss us? A
1: lot, yeah. okay. Oh, Sammy, we missed you too. I missed you. Uh, <sighs> well, it feels great to be back. It does. I was. I went to a wedding on the East Coast and then... How was that? Uh, you know what? It was lovely. My cousin got married, My one of my younger cousins. Oh. So I the whole time I was, you know, that feeling of like, wow... I'm old. Totally, like my cousin is a married person. Right, my twenty. My like, my year old like cousin. baby cousin. Yeah, like the kid that I held when I was eleven years old. Is that right? I know I'm, I'm significantly older than him, so that was really exciting and it was really fun. And I got to see all my family members and my brother and my kids had a blast and. I ate a lot of oysters because it was on Cape Cod and I don't normally eat oysters, but these were delicious.
2: Mm. And you got to do like New England summer things.
1: Yes. And that was really special to share that with my children because uh, that's where I grew up. And then we went, we went to New Hampshire and visited, you know, we, we get like one week a year to have kind of quality time with my family. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and they're all really um, special to my kids. And so They did had a lot of like quality time activities. They were sad to be back in California. We flew back yesterday from New Hampshire. Well, from Boston after driving down from New Hampshire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, it was really nice. And I got to spend, you know, I like getting to connect with my family. And that was really special for me. And normally when I go back to New Hampshire, it's where my mom is bare. I went and saw my mom. I had Mm. a visit. Visited all her the, the the other people in the cemetery mm-hmm. i kind of made my rounds and like talked to other dead people it was, i had a moment there um but i visited my mom's grave and my grandparents and i always get a little like depressed when i'm there because it so mm. reminds me of her but this time was actually kind of very peaceful oh good and that was a nice change um but i'm happy to be back in california
2: yeah this is your home I kind of had this feeling
1: as I was like flying across America. Mm -hmm. I was like, I love the East Coast so much, but I feel very comfortable in California. Yeah. Well, you've really made a home for yourself. I just, I made myself a matcha latte in a blender. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm fully
2: committed to living here now. (laughs) Anyway, you were also traveling, Dory. I was traveling. Um, My sister, who has been on this podcast, Karen. Karen Vladek, um, she had her baby. Yay. Yay. And it's adorable. She is so cute. Her name is Sydney. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, she will be about two and a half weeks old. Okay. She has a little huge. tiny
1: baby. Oh, man. They're so small they're when they so come out. They're so small. I
2: know. Although it's a big thing to have inside you. Yes. Like, it's, it's, they're both very tiny and very huge. Yes. And, you know, I... Uh, because I haven't had one, I guess I haven't been around that many, like,
1: newborn newborns. They're real little in that belly button they're scab real is real They're real little, weird.
2: yeah. There's, like, so, stuff you
1: didn't know. Like, the belly button scab yeah. thing is super weird, and I didn't know about it until I had
2: one. Totally. And, I mean, she's like a little baby bird. Yeah, yeah. You know, always going for the boob. Gotta eat, pecking around. Gotta eat, always with her mouth open, yeah. you know. Um, so that was nice to be able to meet her and spend mm. some time with my other niece, my sister's other daughter, um, who is a real firecracker. Literally. Literally. She, she has is adorable. bright red yeah, hair. She is a cutie. Um, and I also have two friends, two separate, a, a couple and another two couples I know who just moved to Austin. Oh. So I got to see both of them, which was nice. You packed in a lot over three days. I did. I mean, it, it ended up being about four days. Okay. Like, it was three nights. But um, Austin was hot as F. Did you go float in one of their
1: famous lakes, rivers? What no, do they have
2: down there? No, they have um, springs oh. that are always 68 degrees. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my sister wasn't super mobile. Yeah, and you can be like, excuse me, yeah. I'm I'm off to the springs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably could have, but like... I don't know. That felt weird. That wasn't why you were that there. That wasn't why I was there. Um, I did go to my niece's swim lesson, which was adorable. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Um, but I also had that feeling of like, okay, like I'm ready to be home.
1: It's always nice mm-hmm. to come home. Mm-hmm. It, oh, there's just something comforting about it. I don't know if that's getting older or what, but I'm just like, ah, oh,
2: yes. Yeah. Well, it is it is that sort of like nesting impulse. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I mean, you and I have talked about this, but getting back, getting your routine, getting back into your routine, like you're thrown out of your routine. And even when I'm away for just a couple of days, like I try to have a routine. Yeah. Even if I'm just, yeah, even if I'm just gone for a couple of days, but like you can't really get into a routine and you're out of your element. And I was in an Airbnb and like I didn't, you know, things didn't work the way I wanted them to. You know, it's just like, it's relinquishing just, that control. Relinquishing that control. It's just like, okay all right. Uh, I'll just, uh, you know, I have to have all the doors closed in the bedroom. Oh, interesting. And the way the apartment was set up, like the door to the kitchen, it was like living room, bedroom, kitchen. It was a little weird. And then the door from the bedroom to the kitchen, like wouldn't stay closed. So I had to improvise. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's like little things like
1: that. I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I found this time when I was traveling, I was much better about being like, I'm make, like, everything is, is different and, and being okay with mm-hmm. it. And I felt really good. I don't normally, I normally have a kind of a control panic attack issue when I'm at, thrown out of my routine. Well, that was
2: one of your intentions. Yeah. And I, I think I
1: followed through. I was able to just kind of like be in the moment.
2: I love
1: I that. didn't Instagram at all either. I observed on Instagram, but I didn't do any stories or anything. I just was kind of trying to like take the performative element of vacation out of
2: it. And live in the moment. Yeah. And it was really nice. That's so nice. Do your kids, like, are they kind of aware of social media?
1: They're getting more aware of it. Like my daughter did ask to look at something. She's like, can I see that? Go on the place where you post the pictures like and I think she was talking about Facebook. Uh-huh. I think they aren't they are more aware that there's ways to access information and like access people. Yeah. I don't know if they totally understand um, what it is. Right. But I think it's just going to be a part of Their world, Like, whenever they have a question, we're just like, we can look that up on our phones, or we can try to find it on YouTube. Like, these words and these um, practices are just kind of now part of who they are. Yeah. The same way, I guess, like, Nickelodeon and MTV and answering machines were (laughs) our childhood. Totally. So, um, it is interesting. But we don't, they don't, uh, like, they don't watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing that's, like, basically the only strict thing i've done Mm -hmm. we don't do youtube yet
2: my two and a half year old niece has started saying no pictures (laughs) i'm sorry i was mid gulp (laughs) Like she know, like she's an, a famous yeah. person. It's like, she's a famous person. And my sister is paparazzi. My kids get
1: that way and they, they'll, they'll see if I'm taking a video of them and they'll ask me to stop. Mm. Like they, they are very hip to what you're doing mm-hmm. with your phone. If you're kind of spying on them with yeah. the phone and they don't like
2: it. Yeah. No, my, it, it's so interesting. And and also like, where did she even get that phrase from? Yeah. And how, like, how did she know to say that? And we're such a different culture than we were when we were children just the way we're
1: always photographing and, yeah. and taking videos and stuff it's totally different and then also watching totally you know like if i if my friend posts a picture of their kid and it's a kid my kids know i'm like come look at
2: so and so yeah it's weird well and also like also i don't know sorry i'm, I'm like oh my god kids and technology but like it, it is kind of crazy like my two and a half year old niece Sometimes we'll FaceTime with my sister's... One of my sister's best friends has a son who's exactly my niece's age. And this weekend, she picked up um, her dad's phone and she was like, uh, Maddie, message, send message to Asher. Yeah. Like rude. she somehow knew about texting.
1: Oh, yeah, they know. Like it- <laughs> My seven-year-old now will text people via my phone. Like if she wanted to... She does two things like one she texted her my stepmom her grandmother a question because she left her necklace at their house and she wanted to be the one to write the message. And then the other thing she does is her best friend. I will ask her best friend's mom like can Eleanor send a text to your daughter and they like will write each other it's mostly like they just want to send emojis to each other totally but they still like it's already starting yeah Maybe I'm a bad mom and I shouldn't let her do it but she loves to type out messages no I don't think you're a bad mom I mean I don't think I am either I'm just I made a big big leap there but yeah it is we it is also they can't help it they see me texting all the time or right. I'm just like if they have a question I'm like oh, I'll text so-and-so to see if they can come over
2: mm-hmm.
1: well we're all fucked <laughs> technology is in conclusion all. In conclusion <laughs> we we're are effed um i mean my other daughter my other daughter on the plane yesterday i had i was working on my computer and she just was sitting next to me and then just kept trying to move the screen on my computer with her finger like they don't yeah. understand when screens aren't touch screens
2: yeah oh, i my. mean i barely do
1: Honestly, I kind of <laughs> understand what she's got. Let's what she's be honest. With. No, she's, it's it's happening.
2: in In five years, all our screens are going to be touchscreens for right? sure. Yeah. Um, and another, sorry to totally sort of change subjects, change but it. I just wanted to say another one of our former guests also just had a baby. Emily
1: Gould. Emily Gould had a baby girl. A
2: baby boy. A baby boy. Mm-hmm. What's his? Did, does he have a name? I don't think he has a name yet. Okay. Um, he he was just born, like a like two days ago. so exciting. Yeah, so congratulations to Karen and Emily, and we are going to take a quick break.
0: Here's a cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com.
1: You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say, get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash forever thirty five for free shipping on your order and three hundred and sixty five day returns that 's q u i n c e dot com slash forever thirty five to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns Quince.com slash forever thirty five you know Dory we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, Even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would
2: argue, especially if you didn't. Yes.
1: Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35.
2: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com/slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. So, Kate, we talked a bit last week about friendship and loneliness and mostly how I was feeling sorry myself for myself for not having Oh, no, you were feeling like a, a, a deep
1: sense of isolation yes. and loneliness and and that's a very real experience which we found out because so many oh my gosh people contacted us yeah. about it so we
2: heard from so many people that we wanted to talk about this a little bit more this week um and you know we usually read emails from listeners and listen to voicemails on our mini episodes but because we wanted to talk about this more on a full-length episode, we're going to do that here today. Um, and, you know, I have to say, being in my situation can feel very isolating, and it was really nice to just hear from people who are going through the same thing. And it was also, like, uh, maybe this sounds weird, but it was kind of n- nice to know that, like, people who aren't in my exact situation also feel isolated. <laughs> like, it is not a unique Situation, do you know
1: what I mean? yes, uh, and I uh, you and I kept talking about a little bit, and i there were so many I mean, I don't want to say years, but very long stretches of time, especially after having kids, and I, I actually still feel this way where I felt so deeply alone, yeah, and so we heard from listeners with kids without mm-hmm. kids, I mean, not that those are the only two categories of person, but a lot of people who for for various reasons felt some very serious loneliness yeah in their lives so should we kind of read some of these
2: yeah and I should also say just before we start yeah. there was a really good thoughtful uh discussion in the Facebook group yeah. about this as well so
1: and I think what's interesting to me about it is that so many things can trigger it mm-hmm. whether it's a, a different job a uh, relationship change Uh, moving, having kids, not having kids, getting older. I mean, there's just so many, um, I think, experiences. I mean, I also know like after my mom died, I felt very different. Mm -hmm. I felt very, very lonely because most people I know hadn't been through that when I was 27. Right. And it was extremely lonely. Yeah. And then again, when I had my first and then my second kid or moving, oh man, you know what? Loneliness... Yeah, it just really, it's
2: like a, it's a real punch to the gut. Yeah, and learning to sit with it. And learning to sit with it is really hard. And admitting it, it makes you feel really vulnerable. Totally. Because it there's a feeling of that you've done something
1: wrong. Or, or that
2: you're like thirsty or desperate. And I think those are terms that often get put on women. Uh-huh. And it's like. I don't think there's anything thirsty or desperate about just wanting a human connection. No, I think it's very natural. Um, Mm. Here's our first
1: email. Should we start with this one? It's from another Kate. It's from another Kate. Um, Hey, Dory. I can't imagine I'm the only one who will send you a similar message, but man, I have two kids, seven and four, and still feel like I haven't found my tribe. I'm so sorry you've been feeling lonely and sort of outside. I know exactly how it feels, and it feels shitty. I love my kids, and I love to spend time with them and talk about them, but I also would like to have adult human friends, with or without kids, to spend time with. Anyway, I'm also feeling stuck in some loneliness today. Uh, and some real dread about the general state of the world on top of it. So I wanted to reach out and say, hey, you're not alone. I don't have a solution for us, but here are some words on a screen from a stranger on the internet that may or may not help you feel a little bit better for a second.
2: It did make me feel a little bit better for a second.
1: <sighs> the, the, kids, the kids' divide is really, really freaking hard. Yeah. I felt... The awful feeling, especially after having my first daughter and then moving out to Los Angeles with a kid and having a second kid of this like awful feeling of having to make mom friends. Mm-hmm. But all you have in common with these people you connect with is that you have a kid, which right. is not that much. Right. And then beyond that, it's like, how do I make you my, like, how do I find people I connect with now. And and also just the feeling that you're supposed to go out and make quote unquote mom friends after your kids. It's kind of, it's kind of And the same
2: pressure doesn't exist for dads. Uh, no, not
1: at all. Yeah. It was not like my husband was going to a weekly dad meetup with his, with our kid. Yeah. It's so freaking weird. And that was really a lonely time. And then another thing I still feel like deep, deep sorrow about is that a lot of my relationships have changed since I had kids. And yeah. I feel a lot of like guilt and responsibility for that, that I've kind of let some relationships go just honestly because I, like I, I lost the time to yeah. invest in them. And I feel like shame and guilt about that and like really deep sadness. And there are people who I like really miss and I like don't know how to reconnect with them. I'm like embarrassed that I kind of let it, that happen. Do you feel like you could just be honest? Yes, I do. And that, and, um, And that's totally worked. I've never had anyone be like, fuck you. But, uh, but it's just a, sometimes it's easier to kind of hide and be embarrassed than it is to like send the first outreach email or whatnot. But it is, it is really hard, I think, to maintain relationships sometimes after you've had children. I think having kids also, one thing that we don't often, or we talk about it, but it's, it can be very traumatizing Mm -hmm. and really hard Mm -hmm. and what we see is like everybody just like loving it and everything's so easy and we're all just like laying in a field breastfeeding and like actually (laughs) your body's been ravaged. You're exhausted. You don't know what you're doing. You might be suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or regular or old depression or anxiety. And, and it can be very harrowing and, and, and just so um, like grind you to the bone that it can be hard to maintain relationships. And then when you come out of it, you're like, Oh shoot. Mm -hmm. like where did everyone go yeah yeah Yeah. it's just it's just hard anyway not to make this now all about me but i just after we had that initial conversation i just thought so much about like there were some moments where we're just so fucking lonely Mm -hmm. Um, still is Mm -hmm. like when i saw you today and i was like oh i haven't talked to humans who aren't my
2: family in a long time (laughs) uh should we read this this next email yes um this is from brenda Dory, your chat about the awkwardness that comes when you're around families with children without children of your own had me nodding like a bobblehead doll. My husband has two children. We have no children together. It has taken me five years, but I found a handful of friends who like to get together and not wax poetic about the nature of their child's poop. You know what I'm talking about. I I have one friend who likes to exercise with a partner. So we get together a few times a month. To walk or jog at a nearby park. I have other friends who like to do a girls' night out. The great thing is I don't have to be the one who begs to be home by ten because we're all tired. Hello, adulting. I'm just gonna. This is this is Dory uh, commenting right now. I loved this conclusion to her email. I'm just going to preface this by saying, okay, that. okay. My mom always says that you can't make other people's choices for them. Is Sunday considered family time? Sure. But it might also be the perfect time for dad to take the kids for a few hours so mom can do something for herself. Give your friends the benefit of the doubt and extend an invite. I was like, oh my God. Oh, Dory. <laughs> so
1: what this listener is saying is like, you should host the brunch. Well,
2: <laughs> my, I, think, I think what she's saying is like, don't just assume that weekends are off limits. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, extend the invitation and see what happens. I love that. Um, so yeah, so I I just I just really like that. Um, and and I think that also goes for people with kids. Like, don't necessarily assume that your childless friends like don't want to come to your child's birthday party. Oh, that's a big lesson. Yes, I w- totally. You know, child, pe- your friends want to
1: also be involved. That's the yeah. other thing is is assuming. Um, I've made that mistake where I'm like, oh, now that I have a kid, they don't want to come to this thing.
2: They might. They might want to come. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't want to come, they won't come. Yeah. Extending the invitation. Extend the invitation. Mm, I love it. Big tent. I love that. Um, And then as I, well, as I mentioned before, the comment thread on Facebook was, I thought was really powerful. Um, And so I asked uh, Liz, if we could read one of her comments on the podcast. And she said, yes.
1: Liz wrote, Just another comment echoing others above, that as a mom, I feel the same way. It's not logistically possible to join the events of my kid-free friends, and the mom groups around me feel superficial and unable to deeply connect within. Interesting that we all want more connection and all feel barriers, regardless
2: of our life and family details. I just thought that was like, that really made me think like, oh yeah, it's not just, like I was kind of saying before a lot of people just want more connection Yeah, no matter what their situation is. So I don't know, I guess this is, this all boils down to like, everyone should have more empathy. <laughs> yes. And I think also
1: just reaching out and reaching out and being honest is a very good place to start.
2: Yeah. You know, it was funny last week, um, a woman, a friend who I don't think listens to the podcast who I, have seen maybe like three times since she had kids Mm. um which was I think she had her first kid like almost three years ago two two or three years ago um reached out like out of the blue oh that's so awesome and was like hey I've been thinking about you like haven't seen you in a long time like would love to get together um and we're gonna go to Broadway dance class on Thursday night
1: Oh, (laughs) that's such a perfect activity yeah I love yeah I've been saying I love that so much and just this one episode alone but I think that's awesome
2: yeah and then randomly another woman who listens to my other podcast who also has two kids who's like another person who I'm like oh she's probably just like busy with her kids reached out and was like do you want to get drinks on Friday like I heard your podcast like I know you're going through like a rough time. Oh, are you going to have drinks? Yeah. Awesome. And I was like, Oh,
1: I will say, people are um, nice come <laughs> on the other side as a person with kids. I do think sometimes people are like, Oh, they won't be able to do that. Yeah. And, and oftentimes I have been the person who's like, had to say no to things over and over and over again. And people have been very good about inviting me, but I do think like parents want to go out. They yeah. want to like, to live a life that is not connected to their kids in any way. right? And, um, they will try to find a like, you know, it's hard and babysitters are expensive yeah. and childcare is very much a big pain in the ass and a challenge for my husband and I because we don't live near family. Um, but I do think they, speaking as a person with kids, like, we still want to go out.
2: Yeah. We still want to, I like, think it's like, it, I do things that
1: aren't kid related.
2: Right. I feel like I have been. I have often extended invitations to people with kids and after getting turned down so repeatedly, many times, yeah. you're sort of like, eh, I'm just going to ask someone else. Yeah. I mean, that's hard because then I, that totally happens. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I mean, kind of like how we never had dinner together. I know we still have to have dinner, <laughs> um, with our husbands, we've had dinner, Yeah. um, yeah so I don't know i don't I don't think there's like one size fits all answer a one size fits all answer here but I think probably just everyone should be more um should be better about reaching out I guess
1: right we, isn't that
3: the answer
2: i I don't know if it's the answer but it's a suggestion
1: it's a suggestion we have a voicemail should we play that oh as yeah well? I'd love to hear it okay
3: Hey, Kate and Dory, um, I was just listening. My name is Rachel. <laughs> I was just listening to your um, current episode about, and Dory was talking about feeling lonely and not um, sometimes having access to fun to have kids. Um, and I definitely feel that. And also I lived in LA and some of my best friends live in Seattle. My sister has um, a boyfriend who she spends time with. I'm super happy about that. But my mom passed away late last year, and I took care of her um, really intensively, my sister and I, for about five years while she's sick. And that was like my whole life going to work and taking care of mom. And I didn't really do a lot of other things with friends. Um, not that the relationships have. Like falling apart, but I'm just now I have all this time, and I'm like, (laughs) what do I do, and who do I talk to, and (laughs) you know, like it's such a weird feeling. Um, So I'm also I've been trying to work on in in my time when when I'm not working on feeling okay being alone and living alone, (laughs) which is kind of depressing, something, but also like just my reality. So um, one of the things I've been doing is I have every other Friday off and I I realized I've I've always lived in the valley when I haven't been away at school in the San Fernando Valley and I've worked a lot of different places mostly just you know go home and go to work and I don't actually know LA very well the different neighborhoods so I've been exploring new neighborhoods and um, making lists of places I want to check out. I was just in Silver Lake like two weeks ago and um, hitting up bookstores in different neighborhoods, uh, checking out local coffee shops and kind of um, meeting people, seeing new places and then and spending time with myself, like eating lunch alone and exploring and having kind of quiet time. Um, so yeah, maybe a, a day by yourself, a day, a day of adventuring and sort of uh, thinking through things and and being okay, being alone sometimes. Anyway, um, much love to you both, and thanks for the podcast. Bye.
2: I
1: love that. We need to get T-shirts with "I love that" written on them. <laughs> Because we love we love that I love deeply. so many things. Um, I also love that caller, yeah, and that, and that sentiment, and how powerful that you're five months out of your mom passing away and you've you're taking such action
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because that can be very hard having been a caregiver in a similar situation, but not nearly as long when all of a sudden that all that responsibility is gone, yeah and you're grieving, yeah it can feel it can just. Throat, you know, it's you have all this downtime mm-hmm. and all slash grief, and it can be really, really, really hard,
2: right? And your emotional energy is kind of shifted, yeah, from caretaking to grieving, and
1: it so, sounds tough. It does sound tough, but I think you offer such good advice, which is like getting comfortable with your loneliness is also a big part of it, right? Yeah, and and being with it and and finding like the positive in it
2: i love the idea of exploring different neighborhoods i do too that's such a cute idea
1: yeah and that's a really great way to like take yourself out on a date and see new things and have new experiences that you're just sharing with yourself
2: thank you for that call yeah thank you um all right we're gonna take another quick break (laughs) Our guest today is Rachel Wilkerson Miller. Hi, Rachel.
0: Hi,
3: hello.
2: Um, Rachel is a senior lifestyle editor at BuzzFeed and the author of Dot Journaling: A Practical Guide How to Start and Keep the Planner, To Do List, and Diary That'll Actually Help You Get Your Life Together. And I have to say, she is probably one of our most requested Forever Thirty Five guests. Very true. So
0: we are thrilled to have such an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Well, by the
2: end of this
1: conversation, we are going to be fully organized. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Our lives
1: are going to be simpler. We're going to have a dress code. We're going to have a dress code. My the journal that's in my bag is going to be beautiful. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to save my life. I can't wait.
2: You guys, this is a lot of pressure. I, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rachel. Oh, we'll take it down. <laughs> a Did notch. we say that alone? <laughs> <last? laughs> um, no, we're 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 just really happy to have you um, and. I feel like we should say when we were, you know, when, when I was getting ready for the episode and going through all of your your blog and your BuzzFeed articles, it was like really hard to narrow down exactly what we wanted to talk to you about because you've done so much amazing stuff. So that that's kind of the, the nature of our enthusiasm, I would say.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. I That feels so good to hear. And I'm so excited to talk about all of these topics with you. Yay. Like, I feel like you guys totally get like what I'm about. So I'm, so, I'm just so pumped. Um,
2: so I guess I'd love to start with... an article you recently wrote for BuzzFeed um, that someone independently posted to the Forever 35 Facebook group. So I know that there is a lot of interest in this topic. Um, And it was about how you figured out your dress code. Um, And what I love about this is you open the article by saying, it's not quite a uniform, and it's also not a capsule wardrobe. Um, And you also said, "Uh, I don't give about <laughs> creating <laughs> new, different int- or interesting looks um, and that you stick to a very small color palette and specific silhouettes. Um, so, and this article, we will link to it in the show notes, but it's great. And Rachel has a ton of photos of all her looks and all the clothes that she's, she's bought for, um, for all of these looks. But I'd love to just hear about how you kind of came to this, why you decided to have a dress code um, and how you feel now.
3: Yeah, I would
0: I would be happy to share. Um, So basically, it happened in two parts. Um, First, it was that I had a ton of like dumb credit card debt, like I had like a Victoria's Secret card and an Express card that had like, you know, two grand on each, which is Mm. sort of ridiculous, right? Like, and it was it was all just like dumb, fast fashion from college that I was paying all this interest on. And Mm. so I reached a point in my 20s where I decided to like, get it together and stop you know, stop using them and pay them down. Um, And so in an effort to, like, stop using them and to stop using my regular credit card, I realized, like, oh, you have to change your relationship with clothes. Like, you can't just go buy a new shirt every weekend that you, like, then don't wear again. Or, you know, like, you can't buy stuff you don't really care about anymore, which is so much of what I did for years. Um, So it really forced me to, like, before I made a purchase, I wanted to be really sure that I really liked it and was going to wear it a ton and just like get the most out of it because it was kind of like, okay, you can buy that, but you're going to be wearing it for the next like six months, maybe longer because you're not buying stuff constantly. Right. So that was a really helpful way to start to like train my brain um, and it kind of grew out of necessity. And, and it, like, I w- I'm i not a minimalist, not not really, but I sort of became one out of practicality. And I still don't really think of myself as a minimalist, but it was this was how I sort of got into it. Um, And what really helped was that I had interned way back in the day in college at Elle magazine. And what I realized when I was working there was that everybody there wore really nice, beautiful, expensive clothes, but they didn't have that many. Like if they bought, Mm. you know, Balenciaga sandals, they wore them every single day for like an entire season. So that like got me in the mindset of like, oh, this is what it means to sort of invest in things and like it's okay to keep wearing them all the time like if you really love them. It just really made me think about things differently. So those two things kind of came together where like yeah, I wasn't buying, you know, $800 sandals, but I I kind of felt like the idea could be the same that if I really loved the shoes or the jeans or whatever, I could just keep wearing them all the time and that would be fine. So that was like the big first step. Um, And then I moved. So this was when I was living in Texas and then I moved to New York. I got the job at BuzzFeed and I had to buy clothes because I had been living in Texas, working from home. It was a completely different climate. Um, So I had to like, every few weeks i would be like kind of like oh i don't actually like have enough sweaters for the right. so <laughs> as i started shopping i realized that i was like consistently drawn to like the sort of the same type of things like you know, the the same colors and and shapes. And even sometimes I would buy something and I was kind of like, I just like love this so much. I want to buy another one. I just want to wear this all the time versus like trying to find something different. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. Like, that's fine to do. Like, there's no reason I can't wear the same gray sweater or like the same style of gray sweater, but like two different versions of it the same week. Like I can wear it on Monday Monday, and I can like wear it again Wednesday or Thursday and and that's fine and I'm just going to do it. And so I just sort of did it and didn't really ask anyone for permission or like get any feedback. And I just it just happen and then it became like over a little bit of time it really like narrowed down to becoming this sort of like within buzzfeed like this became my brand like i was known for like always wearing white jeans which isn't like what i set out to do because my style isn't like i don't have a lot of style especially in new york city where everyone is really stylish and like always looks great but i was like well i'm gonna like always look the same and hope that (laughs) that if i'm like right that these clothes like fit me well and i feel good in them then i will like always sort of like And I'm finger quoting here, like, look great, because I like feel great in these clothes. So maybe I can kind of trick everyone into thinking I like have style, which sort of actually worked in a way, which is something
2: that I feel like men have done forever. Like, men wear the same thing every single day. No one ever says anything. They don't even notice. They just like, don't
0: care. They're just like, oh, yeah, like the guy in the jeans and the gray sweater, like you wouldn't really think about it. You're just like, oh, like plaid shirts. Like, I don't know if they're the same one or different. And so I was just kind of like kind of just like, I was like, I'm gonna brute force, go ahead with this and and try it and do the same thing. And like, I think it'll be fine. And also it helped that like BuzzFeed is really great. Like everybody who works here is really cool and reasonable and chill. And and it it just seemed like if you're going to try this anywhere, this is the right environment to try it in because people are pretty nonjudgmental and open to whatever. So it felt like the right way to like build my confidence in around this idea.
1: I think you also... Raise a really important Mantra that I want to kind of remember that If you feel great you look great mm-hmm. Regardless of if you Are in like you know if you like to Wear rainbow colored ball Gowns or if you like to wear like a Utilitarian all black Everything you know th- there's mm-hmm. However it makes you Feel I think becomes starts to
0: reflect on the outside totally. that's, that's my I, hope Yeah and I think that like That idea that like How you feel matters Is like so cliche That I think sometimes We like don't believe it But it actually is true Like yeah. when you feel good People can tell That you feel comfortable In your own skin There's mm-hmm. no sort of like Pretense Like you can just You can tell when somebody's Like clothes are wearing them Versus when they're wearing Their clothes right And yes. I didn't want to be In a position where like My clothes were wearing me And that doesn't happen anymore And I think that shows where you just have this sort of like ease with yourself that like really helps you carry yourself through the world and i mentioned this in the article but like when you live in new york you gotta find you gotta take ease where you can find it like it's a hard city to live in even if you feel great in your outfit so like i try to do everything i can to feel good every day and like feeling good about my clothes is probably one of the biggest things you can do right like if you hate your outfit it's hard to have a good day you know, yeah. like you're so aware of yourself and are people looking at me and like you're pulling at your clothes and tugging and you just you think I must feel or I must look as terrible as I feel like that feeling is so awful. And I just like don't want to have that anymore. So I try to buy things that I'm going to feel really good. In. And so when I find something that I love, I immediately buy a second one because I'm just like, well, what if something happens to it? Like, got to have a backup. And so over time, this just develops into me just having like sort of a very few looks but I love all of them. And that's all I wear.
1: You also mentioned like your price point is very reasonable. And I feel like that's part of the experience for you is that you're not spending a ton of money. And if you were, that might not make you feel easeful in your clothes.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think, cause I think when you when we talk about minimalism, when we talk about this concept of like, have a few things, but love them. There's always this moment, because it's going to be in like, you know, a magazine article where it's like, so, you know, you can buy the $300 skirt because you're only buying one a season. And I'm just like, I am not going to buy a $300 skirt at this point in my life. Like, I'm just right. still not there. And it doesn't really make sense for me to, because I can find the clothes that I like at like a, a cheaper price point. So... I don't know i I think there's a there's a second part of this, which is sort of about like sustainability and investing in that kind of like you know in better brands, which I hope to get to at some point in my life, but right now, I just like am not emotionally or financially at like the three hundred dollars skirt level, yeah so but... it's kind of just like if you know what you're looking for, you can actually find it at h and m and at like Uniqlo and you know gap if you if you look with these sort of like parameters in mind,
2: well, and I think also what you're showing is. Just because something is inexpensive, it doesn't mean that you, you have to go overboard. Like you're right. saying, I just find these things that I like, and I'm buying a few things and I wear them all the time, um, mm-hmm. which is different than I go to H&M every week and I just buy a bunch of shit.
0: Yeah, completely. Because I, I just don't like shopping. So I don't really go to And it's weird because I think I used to, but I've sort of, again, like broken the habit of just like the mindless shopping to, to like fill something that I needed fill. And now it's just more like I shop for the utility of it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to do it very often. And it's so much easier and more pleasant when I go. Um, but yeah, like I might buy an extra of something if it's on sale and I love it. But like, I, if I, I, if I, otherwise, I just would like. I don't buy things just because they're on sale, right? Like, it starts with the like. Do I love this? Will I wear this? Okay, great. I will buy one. Maybe I'll buy two if it's like the most amazing thing. Or like, if I buy something from J. Crew and then they put it on sale, I might buy like two more because I know at that point that I love it. Um, but yeah, it just is a very like sort of slow and methodical approach versus just like give me a huge haul.
3: Totally.
1: Do you ever feel? Um as you observe fashion, like say you bought two of something or there's something that you love that you wear every day, do you ever worry that it's going out of style or that you're not on trend for the season? Does that factor into your consideration or for you, is it really about
0: like comfort in what you are wearing every day? It doesn't because I think like I kind of evolve each season a tiny bit. Like there will always kind of be like one or two new things I add and another couple things will have worn out. So I'll kind of like rotate a new or new pieces in each season to kind of help with that um but i think also my personal style isn't very like aligned to trends so it's it's a little bit easier for it to last from season to season but i do think with like i'm trying to think of like a skirt or something to that effect like yeah like a a white dress over time might change in style but it's not going to change so dramatically from season to season that like last year's dress is going to look dumb or weird you know like even if it did I probably wouldn't care but I think that like the styles that I am drawn to are sort of like like a crew neck sweater is pretty hard to like look dated right like it's it's not gonna look dated in a year most likely
2: for people who have not yet read your article and seen how you dress um, how would you describe your style and what are some of the key pieces that you've found work the best for you
0: so it's very um, kind of like sporty and all-American to some degree. Um, the core piece is white jeans, which, again, just kind of like happened. But now I like love them and they've kind of become the signature item. But I, they just like make me feel like happy and pulled together. And I think they they make jeans and a sweatshirt look polished in a way that like it's kind of again, it feels kind of like a trick. Um, so on any given day, I'm probably wearing white jeans and then. The majority of the year, either like a crew neck sweater or a crew neck sweatshirt um, that's in a pastel color, usually like pale pink, pale blue, gray, kind of like a beige. All those kind of like millennial pink and pastels are, are extremely my shit right now. So that's the basics of it. And then in the summer, it's a lot of white sundresses. So like a white midi dress, a white regular sundress. I have like four that it's like there's one from Gap and one from J Crew, and I just keep rotating them Um I have two of each, if that makes sense. Um, And so, yeah, it's like, like kind of like, it's a little bit modest. It's a little bit like, it's not very New York either. Like I'm from the Midwest and then I lived in Texas and my style like really reflects that a lot more than I think it reflects New York. Um, So yeah, just kind of clean, bright, like, I guess like quote unquote femme, but I don't know, just very simple. It's honestly pretty basic, like, like jeans and sweatshirts aren't, fashionable right like that's not interesting or like you know like a jeans and like a cable knit sweater is not groundbreaking but i think like when you do it with intention it can it can look more stylish than it is
1: i also love that your palette is pastels I, like when just, I when I was reading the articles, like it's never even dawned on me to wear a pastel. It was just cool. <laughs> it so was funny. cool to see somebody else's um, just what you were drawn to color wise and what you feel comfortable in. Because it it was I don't know it was cool. I liked that. Moment. Yeah,
0: I think it was funny. The bulk of the comments were like I would never wear pastels, but like good for you. And there were <laughs> other things mixed in it, but like that was every comment like led with like I could never wear these colors or I never would, um, which I didn't. Again, realize that they were sort of that unusual but I'm, I'm realizing now that like yeah like most people do wear brights and patterns and prints and i just don't um so i do think that also has helped it kind of come together as a style because it is a bit unusual to wear pastels sort of extensively like most people don't really do that actually so i think that is part of why it looks sort of more stylish than it is because it's so specific and, and kind of unique but i'm, I'm hesitant to use that word because like Wearing pink isn't isn't new, right?
2: Um, you touch on this a little bit in the article, but I'd love for you to discuss it here. Um, you you also talk about how, as a woman of color, you kind of see your dress code. Like you didn't set out for it to be quote unquote non threatening, but you see it as non threatening now. Um and I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, like I said, I didn't set out to do that. Like I do genuinely just love those things. Um and I love pastels and they do feel very me and, and very right, but I think that the way we dress tells a story and that's true of everyone. And I think people of color know that the way they dress or do their hair or, or do their makeup, like that's part of the story. And we all make choices and like negotiations or not, but like, there's a choice there. I think a lot of times of like, is this, is this going to help me? Is this going to hurt me? It helps me that my choices are also very, very polished, very sort of calm. You know, like there's a mm-hmm. the whole. I think if you read the article or if people have read it, like you see the overall picture of these clothes. Like I'm dressing like a um you know a suburban housewife to some degree, like from the 80s. So there's a sense there of like that how that doesn't hurt, right? Like that's a that's a that's sort of a bonus with this style is that like, it's, and I mean, it's sort of that like Olivia Pope look of like the all white, like there's Mm -hmm. sort of something to that. Um, But I think the flip of that is it's also like people of color and especially women of color, especially like black women, like wear white in this really like great way. So for me, it's kind of like both like a call to that, but also a way of like, just like, you know, smoothing the edges so that when I am sort of angry or you know worked up or, or really firm about something at work like again I think that the overall vibe is a little bit like less aggressive or perceived as less aggressive than it might be otherwise which is I don't have any proof I don't know but like these are the choices that we make and I don't think it hurts like it's it's an easy choice for me to make because it falls within my personal style and I'd rather make that than like risk it I guess that makes sense
2: yeah, totally. Um, well, I I have been inspired by you to also think about this not as a uniform, as a dress code, because I think I've been trying to sort of develop a quote unquote uniform and I had been failing um, because maybe because it felt too restrictive. So I love this kind of reformulating it as a dress code. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even I try to develop a uniform and that is just like a high bar, like that, yeah. to find something you love enough to wear every single day, like if you find it by all means go for it. But like, that's just can be hard to do. And also like, to me, it's nice to have a little bit of flexibility within like, you know, shorts versus a skirt or whatever. Like you, to me, I want a little bit of uh, some options in there. So it's like the perfect middle ground for me.
2: Totally. Um, I'd love to move on to another topic that you also recently wrote about for Buzzfeed, um, which is your heart song journal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the piece, you, you say that it's a special notebook separate from your day to day journal slash diary slash notebook where you can write the meaningful things that are really close to your heart and that you want to reference again and again. I just thought that was such a lovely description. And the piece is really great. And I'd love to hear more about this. Like, tell, tell our listeners what this heart song journal is and how you've kind of been making it work for you.
0: Okay, cool. So I started it like kind of out of necessity. Um, I would find myself going, so I start a new journal every three months, like my core journal where I like, which is what I use as my like day to day to do list where I do kind of like all my planning, it's my diary, it's everything. Um, I, I would find myself going to old ones to f- to pull out and like remember like a quote or I mean it's it, Let like, the truth is it started out of like the descriptions I wrote out of all of my different crystals, and like they were in one journal. And so whenever I wanted to like remember all of the things that like blue lace agate was you know sort of symbolized, I had to go like pull this journal and find it. And I was like, oh, what if I put all of these things like in one journal that I just kept at home and then I could just look at that and wouldn't have to like transfer them every like I don't want to rewrite that stuff every time I start a new journal. And I don't need to have it with me like every single day, but I right. want it kind of in one core place. It's like having, you know, just like that folder where you keep all of your favorite images or something like that. Like you just want to know where it is. Um, so it started out of that. And then I like so I wrote out like the crystals and. Um, I did a like deep dive on my natal chart. Um, I had that. Like, I ordered that through um, Susan Miller's website, which is um, the most amazing use of $60. I recommend. <laughs> um, so I, like, wrote all that in there, too. Because that was one of those things, too, where, like, you get talking with friends about your natal chart, and I would be like, what is my moon again? And so I wanted to, like, have it in one place to remember what it was and sort of what it means to have a moon in Taurus. So that went in there. Um, and then I just – I can't remember all the things I added to it at first, but it was a, it's been a very slow burn. It's just kind of like you know when it's time to add something to it. Like, if there's something – that I want to reference on more than one occasion, I can kind of like, I'm like, okay, now it's time to move it into the heart song journal. So it'll be there. Um, so it's like the quote that I would put in every single journal on the first page, mm-hmm. like that goes in there, or like a poem that just like you read it and you're just like, Oh my God, like this is, this just like, has moved me in a really special way. So it's like those kinds of things. It's just like, it's like an encyclopedia of you, like the things that you, it's a reference book that you can just always go back to, but it also is like a document, that will become this diary of a really specific time in your life too. And, and there's no like end date. You could do one a year. I've had mine for like more than a year now. I think, I think you know when it's like time to move on and and those things don't feel relevant anymore. Um, But yeah, that's the idea of just like putting all of your stuff in one like lovely place and kind of making it feel special. Like I chose a really lovely notebook for it that I just like, had, that was the other thing was too is like I loved these notebooks and I really wanted one and I had nothing to do with it like it was too impractical to <laughs> use for my daily notebook. It's like sixteen dollars. It's only a hundred pages. Like I'm not going to use that every single day because I I needed something more like robust for my everyday notebook. So I'm like what do I do with this notebook? And like, this was the perfect thing to do with it because the notebook itself just makes me feel so happy and like brings me so much joy. So to make it this sort of like special little spell book, like that's a perfect use of it. So it was the kind of marrying those two things together too. When do
1: you, in like your overall journaling experience, that sounds like a really spiritual healing, important part of your day to day Could you just kind of talk about how you make time for that, for both your heart song journal and your everyday journal in in your life? Like, what is that time for you? How do you kind of carve it out? Is it very deliberate? Do you sit down? Is it very special for you? Or is it something you kind of rush and do at any different time of the day?
0: Well, that's a good question. Okay. So my main journal, um, I mostly sort of do the, like, main work on it at night. So like every night I will like at the bottom of the day that I've been working on, I'll write like a diary entry and then I start a new page, write Like the next day's date at the top and like write my to-do list for the next day. Like as far as I know it. Um, And then like that page sits open on my desk all day at work. Like that's like what I'm working from all day long. So I'm like adding to it, crossing things off. So like that experience isn't particularly like spiritual. Like I enjoy it and it's really, but it's very functional. It's functional first. Um, and then, like, so I'll finish. Like today, I'll tonight I'll finish. Uh, you know, I'll finish up the to do list items, and then I'll like start the diary page and that kind of thing. So the evening part of it is very much like a ritual, or not. A, ritual is a bit too strong of a word. It's a routine, but it's like a very, very nice routine. It's like I think to some people, like their their skincare is like this really like special thing. To me, the journaling is that, where it's like this is just like my time. I'm not on my phone. Is it like I'm I'm doing this thing before bed to kind of unwind and that sort of thing? And then I also update it once a month. Um, So that is like, again, it's like a slightly more elevated routine where like I'll sit down and like one of the things that I've been doing recently is making a recap page. So I have like two columns. And on the left, it's just kind of like May events. And then on the right, it's like May purchases. So I just like go back through the previous month and like write down all the like, mildly important things that happened in may like so i don't think i saw any movies in may but like one, i would write down like saw black panther or, or like you know like you know beyonce's like coachella appearance or like things like that that were like significant and cool and special but it also might be like publish this piece at work or like you know we you know we had reviews or something like that so just kind of like just like stuff that happened that was noteworthy and then on the purchases side i usually go through my amazon history um Cause that's usually where I'm purchasing from. Um, but I may like go through my Gmail and see if there's anything in there. Um, but for me, it's just like your, your purchases are like a really interesting way of like, like th- that. there's a story in there. So when we're thinking about like keeping a diary, like the things that you bought are interesting and, and sort of worth recording. So I don't record like everything. It's not like bought new soap and, and toothpaste, but like I record the ones that feel kind of like unusual or interesting or just like noteworthy. Um, so doing that every month is like more of a, like a routine that's cool. And, and I put the time into it and I'm trying to like elevate that and make that more of a like special thing, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, but I do like goal setting and all that kind of thing at the same time. Um, and I'm, I just found this really good journal prompt. Um, it's, just, it's a long story, but any, basically <laughs> like I'm going to start like a weekly, like it's just, there's like little prompts you go through. So it's like for mind, body, spirit, and, uh, health or I'm forgetting something but like you go through each one and you like answer these like three questions so I'm going to start doing that weekly to try to like have more of a like you know that experience on a weekly basis because it's a little bit like I don't know I just feel like I could be like doing more there Um, but the heart song journal so I was totally updating that like just whenever I felt like it or was like I don't know like not bored but just like had some time and I was like I guess I could do that now Um, but I've recently started getting a lot more intentional about it so I like put a calendar invite on my calendar for it or calendar event on my calendar for it so like on the 30th of each month or the 31st of each month I like plan to like sit down and like you know like light a candle and like be in my like favorite pajamas and like make do the whole ritual and like I started kind of keeping a like a running list of things to remember to put in it um, so like I'll tag things in pocket heart song to like remind me to put it in there when t- the time comes because otherwise I'd be like what did I want to put in here this month like I don't have anything um and if I don't have anything then like whatever I'll just use the time to like do some general monthly reflection and that sort of thing but I feel like it's nice to just have like this like date with yourself on the calendar that you're just like tonight's the night that I burn the dip tea candle. Like that's what yes. this is. A fancy candle. Because like, otherwise, out. I just will never burn them. And I'm just like well, there's no occasion for it. Like tonight's not the night for that. Can-. But now I'm just like no, tonight has to. I like made myself burn it the other night because I was like you can't talk yourself out of it. We're going to do this. So which that's dip how I look scent?
2: At it. Which dip tea scent is it?
0: Um. So I. Resent the fact that you want me to pronounce any of them, but <laughs> that's rude. Um, but it is the fig one. Oh, mm. kilos or some, something like it's that. It's like fig year or something. I don't know how you say it, and they don't want me to know how to say it. It's a trap, and I resent it. Um, but it's the fig one. I have the, the, the rose one too, but it's a little too strong for my apartment. Um, it's a little overpowering, but I do love it. It's beautiful, but I, I went with the fig one this time.
2: I love this date with yourself. I do too. I don't I think I've like ever it's had a so date worth with doing. Myself. Yeah.
0: Um do I mean to somebody I live alone, so every day is a date with myself. But like this is like the date night, right? Like this is like the time where you like, you know, put on your theoretically like you'd put on your date outfit like this is my version of that but like it's my home clothes date outfit it's like the nice the nice pajamas and like maybe i'll do a mask or something
1: but it's intentional like you it. yeah yeah it's 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 a set time and you stick to it you commit to it which i feel like is totally yeah and it's like that i mean
0: it's like committing to yourself right and like saying like i'm gonna show up for myself but like you know with like feeling like i'm i'm moisturized and glowy and like in the mood for this versus like i'm gonna do this on sunday morning like unwashed and that sort of thing it's more <laughs> like you're really gonna show up for yourself
2: and do you go back to your heart song journal throughout the month to kind of i don't know do you do you reference it
0: i reference it like as necessary like i said the 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 example of like my natal chart like when i'm having a conversation with somebody about like natal charts which happens more than you might think i will like ref like i'll pull it out then um or if like i don't really like flip through it it's more of like if i'm looking for something specific i will pull it out because i'll know it's there
2: right 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 um well, should we move on to again? I feel like we could have talked I could to talk like we could talk to <laughs> you for hours, yeah. um, but there was one other big theme that we did want to touch on, which um, was. Again, you know, a a BuzzFeed article that you wrote, and it was being organized is my self-care. Can we read this quote? Because
1: this Dory and I both highlighted this. Uh, It says, being organized is one of the main ways I practice self-care. A lot of people think of self-care as something that's done in a nail salon or on a massage table once a month. But for me, it's something that can be done frequently. One new Google calendar event, addition to my to-do list or auto pay bill at a time.
2: I mean, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of did just touch on this with your, you know, with your Google calendar event to have a date with yourself. Um, but, you know, I think we'd love to hear about some other ways that organization serves as your self-care.
0: Yeah. So I don't really look at myself as like an organized person, like capital O, capital P like that. I wouldn't say that's like, and, and other people look at me that way. And that's totally fine but like i would never have like kind of identified myself that way for for years um so i'm just like i don't know like i just do whatever um but i realized like i, I got stuff done and and, and got myself taken care of but i realized that like being organized is like intentionally and thoughtfully is such a gift to myself because being disorganized Feels terrible like sort of similar to that feeling of like when you don't like your outfit like when you're running late for something like that doesn't feel good like i don't i feel stressed and anxious if i'm like disappointing somebody it's like that moment when you're like getting your change and your receipt at the cash register and like you can't pack it all up in time or like Uh you're digging through your purse like looking for cash or you're like i know i have exact change like that feeling like that's the feeling I get if I'm disorganized and like, I don't want to have that all the time. So it's just more of a like, Oh, what can I do proactively to never feel that way? And that means like setting up calendar events and like making sure I leave for things on time and like Mm -hmm. all of those things, like that's just such a, like why would I not do that? Because the payoff is so wonderful. Um, So that's kind of like the core philosophy of like, that's to me is like true self-care because you're just making sure that you like feel really calm and collected all the time. And, and as an extension, you're giving that gift then to other people. And it's kind of obvious because it's the whole like oxygen mask on first thing where like if you're calm, you're going to make other people feel more calm. So there's that aspect of it. But it's also like when other people are depending on you, like if if like I I manage a bunch of people, if I like don't have my shit together, like that's disrespectful of their time and it's rude and annoying. and, And it makes me like not a great boss. And if I do that to my friends, it makes me not a great friend. So, like, I think of it now, too, as, like, it's not just a gift for me, but it's a gift that I give to other people. So, like, even something like going to the doctor, like, I don't know if you've dealt with those people who always have an ailment and will never go to the doctor and, like they're just like, I think maybe it's strap. I have to cancel like three or four times a year. And you're just like, how are you a 33 year old adult? Like, and I'm definitely talking about somebody specific right now. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, we all have those people who are just like chaos all the time.
3: Yeah, And
0: yeah. it's really, really tiring to be friends with those people. and And, and obviously like I said, you know, this is in good faith. Like I'm not talking about people who have like good reasons for it or who are making like that genuine good faith effort and like things go wrong. It's not about that. It's about the people who have the means and sort of the time, but don't have the boundaries and like won't make the boundaries. And so they're just constantly all over the place because they're trying to make everybody else happy. And so they're just like, they're canceling on you because they think maybe it's trapped because they went out last weekend because they like wouldn't say to their friends, Hey, I think I'm getting sick. I'm going to stay home. And so to me, like this, the self-care is actually setting boundaries for yourself that then lead you to be able to like relax and and literally take care of yourself. Like I'm going to say no to this thing because I think I'm coming down with something or like, I'm going to say no to this thing because I need to get sleep or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. To me, that's like, but that's sort of like my core philosophy of like, that's how you take care of yourself and the people around you is to like make time for it and get ahead of it like make a to-do list like really like have an actual to-do list whether it's an app or pen and paper but like don't just say like it's on my to-do list and not actually have a to-do list like that's wild to me that there's people who do that they're just like yeah it's on my list and i'm like is it though? Like, let me, let me see your list. I also it's think it's not just a figure of speech. It's a real thing.
1: You also, I just, I love that you put auto paying your bills because I do think financial, it's not financial security, but maybe financial responsibility is a huge part of self care. It's not totally. that you have to have your credit card paid off, but it's, it's taking the steps to set up your monthly payment so that you're starting to chip away at it. And I, I, th- I don't totally. think we have touched upon finances that much as part of maintaining self-care and just a self calm but i think that's such a huge huge thing.
0: Oh i agree. And and this I honestly could be a whole other like show about like having a financial self image that is very similar to like a body image like how you feel about yourself financially is actually like really really important to your overall self image i think. Um but i would say that like the building to me is also kind of a like a thing about when you're in a partnership that like if one person's responsible for paying this bill or that bill like you got to pay the bill because otherwise your partner's going to be nagging you like did you pay the electric bill did you pay the electric bill so like to set up an auto pay for the electric bill is a gift to both of you like and also like that's irresponsibility. responsibility like don't make them nag you about the bill just like i don't know in the year 2018 when we have like so many apps and bots like your partner should never be at like nagging you to do anything no one should be <laughs> nagging you to do anything like i shouldn't have to keep reminding anyone to pay a bill like Literally, there are millions of ways to get a reminder in the on the phone that is in your hand all the time. It will tell you to pay the bill or the bill can just be automatically paid. So, like, just do that, like do the thing. I, so, yeah, if, I'm fun to <laughs> <that was obviously, laughs> do the thing. Everybody, please.
2: Well, if there if there are listeners who maybe have historically been the. The flaky friend or the flaky partner. What 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 do you think are the like the first steps they should take if they if they want to
0: change? I think it's probably like sitting with yourself and figuring out like what is actually stopping you from doing this thing. Like if you know that you should pay this bill on time and you don't do it every month or it's it's like constantly an issue. Like what is it really? Is it that like is it more like? You de- it's Is it more of a function thing where you need a reminder? So like, okay, set up the reminder, like take that time. Is it more like you just like don't care? Like, it's like, I think you've got to start with, like, the unpacking of, like, why, what's keeping you from doing these things. The emotion, um, it's,
1: sometimes it's emotional. I know it's totally, I'm the yes, person well, who they, let bills pile up and wouldn't look at yes. them because they caused me such anxiety. Oh, like, like
0: going back to that express credit card, like, yes. I yeah. Totally, yeah, I gets that way for a reason. So I think it's like, you have to have that, like, vulnerability and say, like, what is really going on here? And why don't I want to deal with it? Because, like, you know, you should do the thing. Um, but I do think a lot of people get into this spot because they can't say no to things which is again like sort of cliche like you know you've got to say no to things but like no really like you have to say no to things you can't just do everything and my my quote-unquote like flakiest friends are just people who are genuinely just trying to make everybody happy Mm -hmm. and so they're sort of making no one happy because it's Mm -hmm. like they're just like oh I'm gonna like fly this place this weekend I'm gonna fly this place next weekend and I'm gonna totally do that and it'll be fine I won't get sick even though like I go out every night like like it's just like no you're gonna get sick like what do you actually want to do like do you want to travel for this bachelorette party this weekend or don't you like then don't go if you don't want to go or if it's going to make you too sick to hang out with the friends that you really care about like sit down and figure out what your priorities are and then like work backwards but that's also like hard to do right like to figure out what your priorities are and to like admit that you can't do everything but you can't do everything and you're you're not fooling anyone either like you know what i mean like it's not working probably
1: I have a I, this is a bit of a terrible segue, but I'm I first like I first came to you as a person who I feel like really was at the forefront of bullet journaling and keeping a planner and a to do list and making it um, you make it look beautiful, but also you make it really approachable. Um, but I do think a lot of people feel intimidated by the concept of Journaling, keeping a to do list, keeping a planner. Um, if I'm not, you know, I'm not artistic and I can't like write March in a beautiful way, then I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Could you could you just kind of talk about if somebody is wanting to do it but feeling intimidated? What's a very easy I mean, one, you wrote a whole book about it, which I am I've downloaded (laughs) and I cannot wait to start reading. But what would be like the first few steps for people who want to kind of keep a planner, keep a journal, but might be feeling like it's not for them or they can't do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you genuinely want to do it then, cause there might, there might just be that you don't and that's fine too. Like you, the person you think you need to be keeps a journal that you don't. And that's totally fine. But if you really want to give it an honest try, I would say like limit yourself right out of the gate. So what I did was like, when I first started, I was like, you can use like one colorful pen and that is it. Oh. And if that, it may have been none. I can't even remember now. It was either one or none. And it was like, And you can't do any fancy spreads. You can use like the basic spreads that's all you get for the first month.
1: Oh, you just
2: like changed my you life. Should, I wish you could see <laughs> Kate's face right now. <laughs> said, Only one colorful pen. I thought about, have you seen my yes, bag of I pens? Have. During... I was thinking about it oh, as she said
1: that. Rachel, I have a big bag of pens.
0: I <laughs> so love So simplifying pens. is a yeah. good start. It's just like you have to give yourself the rule of like. It's. I mean, it's very similar, actually, when you think about it to the whole dress code thing. It's just like you're going to stick with one thing for a little while and see how it feels. And so my thing was like, if you do this for like 21 days or 30 days, once you prove that you can stick with the concept and you've made it part of your routine then you can start adding on but I knew that if I just went all in I would just spend like thirty dollars on pens and like I don't even know if I like this thing so it's like okay let's let's back up and just start really simple and so it's like you get your one color pen so maybe you write like March in a pretty color but like that's all you get until you kind of have proven the, yes. proven the concept um so that's where I would recommend people start is just like, Really, really basic. Don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole like you can see what's out there, but then like strip it back to the most basic things. And if you find yourself like losing steam, like strip it back even further. Like, is it that you can't update or like you can't draw a new thing every day like you need something that you update? That you kind of draw once a week and then fill in each day, like really, really, like nail down, like what will work for you. Like it, it should be serving you. Like you're, you should not be like, you're not beholden to some like journal police that tell you how to do it. <laughs> like the journal's got to work for you, or you just like, what's the point? Like you could buy a thirty dollar planner that tells you what to do if you wanted that. Like you, you get to make it as you go. And so you should be making something that like feels really useful. Do you have any? That's my biggest advice.
1: Do you have any advice for the people out there who who have a stack of forty notebooks and they just keep buying (sighs) more notebooks and more planners and more pens and don't actually ever? Asking for a friend, Kate? Okay. Asking for a friend
0: whose <laughs> name is me? I mean, I have t- my first reaction is sort of like, stop doing that. Like, you, know, but think, you know what I mean? But the other reaction is just like, well, I don't know if you can afford to keep buying those pens and journals and like the and, and having them like makes you happy, then like, fine. Like, I don't really care. Like, I have journals that I will probably never use. And I'm OK with that because like they're beautiful and they make me happy to like look at them and have the, the sort of feeling of like possibility. And that's okay. Mm. But uh, the flip of that is like, also like, you know, be financially responsible. Like don't keep buying stuff you're never going to use. If like, if you're buying it because you're telling yourself you're going to use it and like, you're going to be that person, then like that's probably not a healthy relationship with it. So like, I think it's kind of figuring out where you fall. Um, But I'm okay with having like some just like beautiful objects that like you know like that's that's their purpose right is to like be beautiful and inspiring like that's okay that's a good that's a good purpose to just be lovely um but also just use them like make the hard song journal or like find ways to use them if you can
1: Oh, wow. Well, I got a lot this. of, a lot of plans this summer. <laughs> yeah. I had to set my dates <laughs>
2: with myself. Um, I, I mean, I think this is a great note to end yeah. on. Rachel, thank you so much.
0: Rachel, this thank was, you so much for
2: having me. This was amazing. Um, where can people find you?
0: Um. So the easiest like kind of core place is my blog, which it, I mean, you guys can probably link to, but it's T-H-E-R-E-W-M dot com, the room, R-E-W-M. Um, and that has links kind of to everything else. But my Twitter and Instagram are the underscore room, T-H-E underscore R-E-W-M. Um, and on BuzzFeed, it's BuzzFeed dot com slash Rachel W. Miller.
2: Great. Uh, yeah, we will link to all of this. Um... But thank you again. It was so great to talk to you. And I I feel inspired. I do, too. I'm so glad. Thank you. This was a pleasure. I love your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. take care, Rachel. You, too. Bye. 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 Kate, last week, your intention was to try and enjoy your vacation. How'd you do? I'm pretty proud of myself. I did it. I
1: really, I slowed down. I tried to be really intentional with my time. I mean, I'm saying this. I also got really into playing a game that I saw teens playing on our airplane called Helix Jump. Oh, I've never played a game on my phone before.
2: Oh, but
1: you weren't into Farmville? Nope, never did that. Never did Candy Crush. I did get into that Kim Kardashian game. Oh yeah. Um, so it's not like I was writing poetry the whole trip. I was, sure. you know, screwing around. But I. I really, um, I tried to just slow down. I didn't try to cram too much stuff in. I just wanted my daughters to have a really kind of relaxing family focused time romping around uh, the woods of New Hampshire. Some
2: good, clean fun.
1: You know, you don't, it's such a. I I can recognize how special it is that we get to go do that every year that, um, you know, my family lives in the country and it's a, an experience that not everybody gets to have. And so I just tried to focus on that and have a really good time. And I also Yay. watched some great stuff on Netflix. Oh, great. Nanette okay, set I it need up to watch that. I watched set it up to eye season two. Me na- too. Nailed it. Oh. Mm. Mm. yeah. So much good stuff. Anyway.
2: So we did it Dory. Now. Did you do the dishes? Well, I have a great I, I, I have what I think is a great story. Okay, that I'm going to tell you right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my husband has been um, trying to get back in shape. And he's been working out. He's been going to the gym very early in the morning. So go he's been going mad. to the gym at like five thirty in the morning. Now I have also been waking up very early because his alarm goes off. I try to go back to sleep. I can't go back to sleep. So one day, uh, a few days ago, last week um, he woke up. I finally woke up. The kitchen was like a disaster. Like I had cooked, I had cooked dinner. Like there, there was just, and you had left the dishes. i in the left kitchen. the dishes okay. of course, because you know, I'm horrible. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to clean the kitchen. And when Matt comes home, he's not going to know what hit him.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited to hear where this goes.
2: (laughs) So I cleaned the shit out of that kitchen. And this is at 530 in the morning? This is at like 6 a.m. Okay. Which is
1: really funny because I've noticed I've been getting emails from you at like 630 in the morning. Yeah. And I and we've talked
2: about your wake up time, uh-huh. which is later than that. Okay, yeah, this is great. But this is when I wake up now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I clean the whole kitchen, and then I'm just like hanging out in the living room. And Matt gets home, and he like, he walks into the kitchen, and he's like, "Where's my wife? What happened? Who did this?" <laughs> and You're like, "I'm right here, mother." I he could not believe it, and I was like, on a scale of one to ten. How surprised were you when you walked in and saw the clean kitchen? And he was like, a 10. Oh, yeah. He was like, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I did that because I said on Forever 35 that that was one of my intentions. So, you know, he's starting to see how this podcast can really benefit him. (laughs) Finally.
1: (laughs) And now this was one time or have you been getting up now early and doing the kitchen every morning?
2: Well, I've I've been away. Not to not that one time isn't great. Yeah, so that was that was actually That's right amazing. That was like a day or two before I left and I don't think we cooked that much like before I went on vacation, not vacation, before I went to visit my Family sister. Visit. Yeah, and I just got back yesterday. So there hasn't been that much. Um but yeah, I was like, "All right. I can do this." And it
1: and was it less painful than you imagine? Like of it actually course.
2: It takes less time than you think of it's going to take. If you just do it, it's so hard. Kate, it's like anything like uh, that. The thing that you always put off is never as bad. I will say that uh, reorganizing my office was a chore. But you did it. But I did it. So
1: <sighs> congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. And also congratulations to Matt, who's benefiting from the intentions we set on this podcast. Indeed. Um, what is your intention for next week? Well, I feel like I've set this intention like 50 times on Mm -hmm, this podcast, mm -hmm. and I never stick to it. Mm -hmm. And I make up excuses as Mm -hmm. to why I don't. And so here goes this week's intention, a strict bedtime.
2: Ooh,
1: I need to be in bed at 11. Okay, I need to be. And I'll say that, and then I'm like, well, actually, I need lights out by midnight. Like, I make excuses. Mm. I really do think I should be lights out at 11. What time does Anthony go to bed? Um, uh, between 11.30 and 12. Okay. Um, or maybe earlier. He kind of just depends on how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is that with my children, I'm always like, you need to be in bed on time. I can see that you're tired, and you need to get all this sleep, and but but blah blah, 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 And then I don't practice it. And I'm much... Kinder, happier, better functioning when I get sleep. Yeah. Gosh, darn it! And I also wake up earlier if I go to bed. Like I wake mm-hmm. up at naturally at like mm-hmm. six, six fifteen instead of like flailing out of bed at seven like a lunatic. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna really. I got to really try to stick to it. Okay, and It's going to be hard again because I want to remind you I'm now addicted to a game called Helix Jump, <laughs> which
2: I uh, we have the teens to thank for that. Thank you, teens. Thank I sat you, next teens. to on an airplane
1: and then Googled game with ball. Now I play it. <laughs> OK, I like yours. It's, a, it's one word, but it's a big one. Yeah.
2: So my intention for next week is budgeting. Ugh. Now, look, <laughs> let's not go overboard. <laughs> I'm not going to suddenly become like Suze Orman here. Suzy Orman? Susie? Suze? I thought her name was Suze. Well, it's spelled Suze, but
1: I believe it's pronounced Suzy.
2: Okay, see, I don't even know her name.
1: That's all right. You've seen it in print.
2: I have. Um You've never seen her on Oprah? Uh, no judgment. Anyway, I we're 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 financially in a little bit of a pickle at the moment. And so we need to kind of like scale it back and so i'm trying to figure out what that looks like do you use any sort of like app or software for budgeting Mm -mm. we we use mint and we
1: have for years Mm -hmm. and i will say that anthony my husband is way disciplined with it i -hmm. am not i just have it on my phone and make Mm -hmm. sure i don't go over stuff but every weekend he sits and does the bills and looks at the budget and makes sure everything is checked out. I mean, now that again yeah, that is. That will extreme, never happen in my house. But, but maybe uh, we, finding we're, we're a talking, program. We're talking baby steps. Okay. Here. So, like what
2: real baby What steps. do you think
1: could be the first baby step? Like, what is that uh, when it comes to budgeting?
2: I think it is looking at, really looking at what we spend. I think that's the first step.
1: Which, it, I mean, does money give you major anxiety? It gives me like a panic attack just thinking about it like looking at everything like laying it all out like that is really hard
2: of course i mean i never do it yeah um but i think we have to do it that's a really big
1: one that's really i admire that you're taking it on i mean we'll see what happens you can do it (laughs) even just opening your checking account and just looking at what you've spent in the month and and taking note of it can be yeah yeah mm, boy that's hard
2: so that's happening
1: um, maybe a listener might have a good budget baby step.
2: Yeah. Recommendation. Ba- no, baby step. I don't need a recommendation for you need a budget. I know it's a great app. I'm not there yet. I've never heard that. It's big in the forever 35 money group. Oh, hey guys. Um, yeah. YNAB people really like it. I'm not ready for You're it. You're not ready for any app. I'm not. Yeah. We're, we're talking like one Oh one here. Okay. Oh, Oh we're talking like remedial summer course. I think that's, I think just saying like, I'm
1: going to think about this is an awesome first step. Thank I you, apologize Kate. for recommending an app.
2: Oh, no, no. I've tried to use Mint before. Yeah, but it doesn't work for you. Yeah. First of all, it didn't connect to all my bank accounts right. It, damn it. And it just like, I don't know. It just didn't work. Um, anyway, please call us. And let us know about budgeting or anything else at 781 390 You can also email us at forever35podcast at com. And we have plugged the Facebook group a lot, but that is because it is the best group on Facebook. Uh, it is mm. facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast.
1: You know, tell that to the Trader Joe's Recipes group. I'm in Dory. They might be offended.
2: Well, I can't help that. <laughs> kidding. Our Facebook group
1: is the best. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast, Twitter Forever 35 Pod. And um, products and things we mention are always up on our website, as well as a little update on every episode at Forever35Podcast.com.
2: And if you feel it in your heart to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will not be mad we'll be glad we will be very glad so please do that and as
1: always thank you so much for listening yes. and reaching out to us we really appreciate it and on that
2: note forever 35 is hosted and produced by kate spencer and dory shafrier and produced and edited by sammy junio the best and we will see you next week